Coming up next, Bookin' It reads, There and Back Again. Everybody and welcome back to Booking It. I'm of course your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs, and joining me today are two of my good friends, Mr. Isaiah Ratsky. Hello. And Mr. Tanner Lewis. Howdy. I titled this episode There and Back Again because it's a pun, you see. Because in our very first episodes, episodes one and two, we talked about the Hobbit. And of course, as any Tolkien nerd knows, there and Back Again is the title of The Hobbit in the world of Lord of the Rings. When Bilbo writes his memoir, it's called There and Back Again, A Hobbit's Tale. So, as a pun, since we're talking about The Hobbit again, I, told it, I called it There and Back Again because it's like, it's a pun, you know? It's very fun. I'm very clever, and I've been waiting to do this episode basically ever since I came up with the schedule. So, nice. I don't know. I'm excited. How about you guys? Are you excited? I'm excited to redo the episodes that sucked because they were our first ones yes. that were terrible. Yeah, I mean, um, you don't have to go back and listen to those ever Please again. Don't, Please ever. don't. It, but basically, it's just Matthew and Cooper going between Gandalf and Dumbledore. I have no clue why we yeah kept that, but because it's it, it was the best part of the episode, honestly, <laughs> most entertaining. Yes, yes, and ever since then, we always want to do a Gandalf versus Dumbledore debate. It will happen eventually. I. I assure it. Um, but we're here. We're talking about the Hobbit. After all of us are versed, yes. including me, I thought we're talking about the Hobbit again. And really, we're just going to talk kind of generally about the Hobbit. I'm not going to go as specific as last time. And I actually have my notes from our last episodes that we did on the Hobbit, our very first ones. And we can ask some of the questions that I asked back then as well. It's like three pages of notes, so we won't do all of them, obviously. But anyway. Well, if you guys are wondering uh, why we reread it, it's because we had to do it for school, so that's why it was yes. on the schedule. Yeah, and we all agreed to do it because we hated our first episodes so yeah. much. So, um, we needed redemption. And Matthew's not here either, so <laughs> you know the the one the one Hobbit hater <laughs> is is gone. So true. Um, well, is there anything else? Oh yeah, Matthew's not here. Uh, he's busy. We're all busy, actually. Um, we all got back from our respective ski trips this week yeah. or last week. Snowboarding. Um, oh, yes, yeah, Isaiah went. Sn- Isaiah was snowboarding. Tanner was first time skiing, yeah. and I was um, snowboarding. Trying. Oh, really, Tanner? You boarding? Hey. Yeah, I was boarding. First time. Let me yep, guess. Very I'm painful. Hip. Actually, no. I had one of the guys that would had been skiing for 20 years tell me that he wasn't able to do the stuff that i was doing when i was like Same. i feel like i'm boasting now i'm Third time i ever went I snowboarding like... i went on a black diamond so yeah i feel like isaiah and tanner they're like you know snowboarding product prodigies so <laughs> we went with some uh family friends <laughs> and four of us not including me tried to do snowboarding okay Oof. so it was my family friend's dad one of his sons and then my two younger sisters and none of them made it past the first day. After the half day mark, my young my younger sister Caroline was done. She was like, "I'm just done. I'm not. I'm tired of falling. Tired. Blah blah blah." So she went and turned in her snowboard. Oh, it hurts. Then later in that day, my friend Brady broke his arm snowboarding. Uh, 
my youngest sister, Sarah Jane, got scared of that and didn't want to snowboard anymore. <laughs> and then Brady's dad, Mr. Greg, decided just to stay home and help him out the rest of the trip Dang. and you know be his guardian. So nobody made it past the first day. Um, but I didn't break my leg this time, so that's a hey, success. That works. Because if you go back and listen to one of our first screening episodes, uh, it was recorded right before I broke my leg on a ski trip. But mm-hmm. um, don't do that. But if you if you wanted to, you could. I'll just say this: snowboarding is really fun, but really hard to learn. But once you learn yeah, it, it's that's easier. Heard. That's what like I've heard. Easier, like skiing is easy to learn, but hard to get like really good at. And snowboarding is the exact opposite of that. Yep. And it probably helps that I did uh, skateboarding and stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, same. All right, well, let's talk about The Hobbit, guys. This was um, I've, this is probably my fifth or sixth time reading all the way through. I'm sure Tanner is around there, too. Isaiah, is this like your third or fourth Number time? Number seven. Yeah, third or fourth. Just to, like just to put fourth. it up there. Yeah, so uh, both you guys, what do you think about it this time through? Um, Same as before. It's a good book, good storyline, much more entertaining than Lord of the Rings because it doesn't yes. drag on and on, thankfully. Yeah, um, same. I am always in awe of uh, um, Tolkien and uh, how well he can write a story when he wants to. And uh, um, yeah, I just, every time I go through it, I notice something different and I like it even more because I noticed it different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, same here. It just gets better as I, as I, every time I read it, pretty much, I always enjoy it. Uh, Like Tanner said, I I um I guess I keep recognizing new things and I keep I guess being in awe of Tolkien. I mean, like Isaiah said, it's a lot more fun to read than Lord of the Rings, even though I do love Lord of the Rings as well. Nerd. So there's that. Now, nerd. <laughs> I like good books, Isaiah. That's Ooh. what I'll say to that. Um, Dang. But I I am reading the Silmarillion right now, so I guess I really nerd can't say anything about that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Next question. What do you guys think about Tolkien's style? Do you guys like his style? What's cool about the style? His writing style. Um, I love how many adjectives he uses. He's very much a fan of adjectives and adverbs. Sometimes to the point of uh, it's too much. <laughs> but um, uh, like, there's just so many um uh, good. Uh, um, analogies that he puts in there. Sometimes his um, rhyming will yeah, annoy 100%. you, though. Like after a, after a couple of like the um, uh, Misty Mountains that the dwarves were singing in Unexpected Party was amazing, and then after that, it's just downhill. Every time you get, every time he throws in another one, it just kind of wears down on you. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, I mean. I will say all of the um, uh, rhyming and poetry that he does in the Silmarillion and all of his other books are like perfect every time. I love them. Yeah, like if Tolkien could cut down on the poetry by about eighty percent, it'd be a much better book. You know, it's like Tolkien yeah. at the very end. Thorin says something like, "You know, if if everyone valued hoarded gold above, or no, not <laughs> if everyone valued food and cheer above hoarded gold, this world would be a merrier place." Well, I would say to Tolkien. If you valued word and story over poetry, this book would be a merrier book. That's what I would say to him, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I agree. I think Tolkien does. Well, I think one of my favorite his one of my favorite descriptions of his is when the dwarves are getting taken by the goblins um, in the Misty Mountains, and he has like a really great. He says some very descriptive verbs and it's very good adjectives, um, and it's very realistic and stuff. But I say, what about you? Um. 
I don't know. Besides what you guys said, I really don't see anything else besides him being really good at describing and, yeah, like you said, using adjectives to help you, like, picture it in your mind, what it actually, what's happening, and it's like you're actually there. Yeah, uh, in Lord of the Rings, obviously, he goes, it's, it's just too much, it's too dense. Yeah, like it's it's, just, it's too much, and... I literally I think, fell asleep reading it, and I'm not kidding. Like, I yeah. actually was, fell asleep. Here's the thing, Isaiah, like, you could do that with any book, though, okay? Uh, at 6 o'clock? Okay, fair enough, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but, oh yes, another thing that I really love about The Hobbit, it's really my favorite thing about The Hobbit, is just the the grandfather to grandkid sitting by the fire storytelling way in which it's told. <laughs> like, t- you can tell... Like even in his descriptions, which I think is why Hobbit is is better than Lord of the Rings. It's it's more fairy taleish. It's more, it, you know, swashbuckling. It's more just you know, like I said, sitting by the fire telling a story, and it's just Tolkien like describing it to, you know, the the reader, right? But it's like a, oh, I need to describe Hobbits now. Where okay, let's and this is what Bilbo thought, and and it's really just conversational. It's very. Uh, nonchalant almost but it's very well very well done and he keeps it up throughout the whole book and it's just this very warm inviting storytelling vibe um, from the opening lines of in the hole and ground there lived a hobbit to the very end so yep yep uh next let's talk about a little bit more the characters you guys have a favorite character i mean obviously i think gollum no i'm kidding gollum <laughs> yeah i mean he's a, he's a fun he's a fun character especially in lord of the rings yeah, um, uh, I'm gonna go Gandalf, just an absolute beast, and uh, um, very poetical, and uh, has a lot of good lines that I really want to hang up around. My yeah, room. honestly, we, me and Tanner could probably plaster our rooms with lines from Gandalf. You probably just, could. Yeah, like, and e- even Isaiah could. Like, that's nah, they're just that nah, good. Nah. You could sure. do it. Sure. They're they're they're. In, I could quote some for you right now that you would put up in your wall. Um, but Gandalf, yeah, like Tanner said, he's just the best because he is the best. He's not only the best wizard in literature. Oh, well, yeah, the best. Yeah, he is. He is. Boo. I'm sorry. He is. He he also spew. He's very witty. Like the, for the first introduction of Gandalf of anything is good morning. What do you mean by good morning? Do you mean it's a morning to be good on or a morning, a good morning whether I want it to be or not or a morning to, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's very witty and tongue in cheek. And then, and I want to say even Matthew admitted this and I think it was, Two Towers Part 1, where he admitted that Gandalf was pretty awesome, even though he didn't like him as much as Dumbledore. Like, you just can't help but like like this guy because he's witty and smart and, and also like a great a great mentor. So, unlike Dumbledore. Um, anyway. Wow. This will, not, this will not turn into a Dumbledore vs. Gandalf episode. I am sorry. It won't, but there's that. Every time we talk about Tolkien on the podcast, though, we do have to like reference character development. Like, did it strike you at all in this book, like, um, the char- the subpar character development, or were you bothered by it? Did you notice it at all? What are your thoughts on, like, the characters and the depth of the characters and character development? Uh, we always have to go back to the example of the dwarves. It's just, there's, we have 14 uh, um, uh, in, uh, people in, um, uh, the, uh, in Thorin's company. Yeah, fourteen people in Thorin's company, thirteen of which are dwarves, and uh, it is extremely hard to name two characteristics of those dwarves. So true. Like, yeah, like, and you're with them the entire book. Yeah, and yet 
you can't name a whole lot of things that they've done. It, it really is like, you know, uh, Balin is old and likes Bilbo. Thorn is pompous and talks a lot. Philly and Killy are young. Bomber is fat. Like, that's really the <laughs> amount of character that we get. True. Um, I, I don't know. Does it bother you at all, Isaiah, at all? Or is it just part of... I the... mean, I would have liked it if there was a bit more character development for them. But mm-hmm. I think since they weren't really, like, the main focus of the book, mm-hmm. or, I mean, for some of them, like, Thorn and so like that, they probably should have done more. Or, not they. Uh, you should have done more, Tolkien. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it was still good the way it was. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it gets in the way too much at all. Uh, and, on, honestly, it, since it is a kid's book, it's a fairy tale, I think that we can ding him less for it in The Hobbit and more so in Lord of the Rings. I still don't know how this is considered a fairy tale. but Yeah, well, it, it I think it's more of a fairy tale and it's lighthearted and it's more of a children's yeah. fable. Lighthearted dragon conquers, you know, the... The Lonely Mountain drives the dwarfs out of their homeland. Totally fairy tale, it's like, childish. It's like Peter Jackson is like trying to make a kids movie, and is like, you know what kids love? A bunch of orc blood and orc heads getting chopped <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, honestly. Uh, but and, and, and since it bec- it's because of it's because it's a fairy tale that the development may be less refined. Because who honestly who is who can write twelve dwarves and have them all be different personalities and all be lively fleshed out well, characters right knowing from how token wrote in lord of the rings he easily could have done that just it wouldn't have been one book right yeah right it, it, you can't in the in a in a book as long as the hobbit flesh out these dwarves they're really just supposed to be there for like you know when token lists them all off it's just for the delight of the kids right it's like oh there are 12 dwarves that's fun and it's not a these are well-drawn characters and i think the main characters they do develop. I mean, Gandalf is a constant, but you don't yeah. need to see Gandalf change at all because uh, he's just awesome throughout the entire thing. But Bilbo changes. Like, he yeah. he goes from—I mean, he is the stereotypical hero's journey. goes mm-hmm. from the guy who doesn't want to go on an adventure and rejects the call to the guy at the very end changed by the adventure and is now the—he lost his reputation, as it says at the end, right? Yeah. So I think that— there's enough character change in the main characters and Thorne as well at the very end. Um, and I think we can talk about it now, I guess. I think that the, uh, I think that Tolkien could have done more in The Hobbit to develop Thorne, especially. Mm-hmm. In the movies, I think you have to give Peter Jackson at least some credit for trying to, number one, develop 12 dwarves over three movies into yeah. likable, fleshed out characters. Hey, but he made a 200-and-something-page make... book into three movies, or almost 300-page yeah. book. So. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. He added. And he added the dwarf-elf love story. I still can't get over that. It frustrates me. It frustrates me. It frustrates me a lot. You just go listen to our episodes on The Hobbit on the screening if you want to hear don't. us talk about those Oh, movies. on the screening, yes. Or okay. don't. But, yeah, or don't. Um, but we. I want to make space for the problems that he encountered when making the adaption. Yes, he failed miserably in most ways, but I think one way he didn't fail, at least seemingly, was Thorin's arc. Like, going from, he was already in the beginning a leader, a guy who you would want to follow, and then he becomes corrupted by gold, but then at the end he is, quote-unquote, redeemed, right? And I think The Hobbit never really, first of all, he's not as likable 
in the book as he is in the movie, really. Because he's not played by a good actor, and he's not, like, he's written as pompous. He's written as, you know, you know not, not really the leader that he is in the movies. And then, at the very end, you like him more and more as you go along, I guess. But at the very end, when he basically forgives Bilbo, or, and comes to his senses, it's like, you know, one paragraph of him doing that and stuff like that. And it's like, you wish you could have spent more time with this guy and getting him fleshed out. I don't know. What do you guys think? I agree. Not much else to say over that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys, I mean, do you, do you guys track the development of Bilbo throughout the novel? Like, is it is it well done as far as character development goes? Um... Uh... Repeat the question again. Like, do you guys track Bilbo over the course of the novel? Like, is he obvious? Is he, is he kind of is his is his arc well drawn? Is he consistently moving from one stage of his development to another? I would say so. I mean, there's a few drag parts like where he just like it's kind of that like Tookish part of him that just kind of like jumps out, and I kind of like that Tolkien used that as his um quote unquote excuse yeah. to be able to like have Bilbo be like oh i wish i could be at my hobbit hole right now and then this tookish part of him jumped in and then uh, he's like i'm gonna go kill all of these spiders and free my friends yeah right i mean it's just it's a good excuse and uh, i think that that's like it's consistently moving up there's just a few drops where he's like oh but i wish i could be at my warm comfortable (laughs) hobbit hole well i think i think towards the end it's better because he just tired of the whole thing he's like i just want to go home now like, I've done everything I can for you. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have um, any talk a little bit more, and then I'll read some of these questions that I have from my old notes. Did you guys like? Do you guys have a favorite chapter or favorite moment from The Hobbit? You guys always like yeah. to read. Favorite chapter: uh, the riddles in the dark, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's a good, it's a great chapter. With the yeah riddles from Gollum. Yeah. Yeah, mine is either um, uh, it's going to be uh, um, an unexpected party. Like that's a little bit of an nah, unpopular one, but it is. And then um, uh, my second would probably be either uh, barrels out of bond or uh, um, flies and spiders. Those two are just like so intermingled. Yeah. Like I love them too much to be able to. Yeah, decide. I, I'm with Isaiah. I think Riddles in the Dark is one of my favorites, but I think my total favorite is Inside Information. It's just a really fun scene between Bilbo and Smaug, and Tolkien has a really fun dialogue with the reader, where he's like, "This is what you do when you're with a dragon, or this is, you know, like it's you you want to flatter him, you want to you want to riddle with him, right?" And it's yeah, exactly. And then this is like this one line where Bilbo is like riddling with him, and he goes, "Bilbo was not unlearned in dragon lore, you know." And it's just this fun chapter of Bilbo's. Yeah, yeah, and then Bilbo's just riddling with him, and I am Barrel Rider, and Luck Wearer, and, you know, things like that, and it's just really fun, so, but yeah, Flies and the Spider, or uh, is a fun chapter, and obviously, Riddles in the Dark, I mean, I remember stumping Matthew before he read The Hobbit on a couple of those riddles, um, and Tolkien is just a really good suspense and dark writer as well, like, those chapters in Moria are obviously the best in Lord of the Rings, probably the best part of Lord of the Rings is in Moria, and then, obviously, a great part in this book is the goblin tunnels and the darkness that you feel in there and the claustrophobia. And it's really fun. So, yep, yep. 
Okay, one more question, and then we'll dive into these other questions that I had from our, our original episodes. Do you guys have any, like, favorite lines from The Hobbit? I know Tanner might have some. I don't know if you have any, Isaiah. I do not know. Yeah. Tanner? Um, uh, Mine would be, I came out of a bag. Wait. I came out of the end of a bag, but over my... But over me, no oh, bag yeah, ever that was, went. That was pretty fun. Pretty Something fun. like that. That was from, that inside, was from information. inside Information. That's my. I'm gonna find it exactly. It's one of my favorite. Here, I'm coming up um, with it. You guys talk. <laughs> I think one of mine is actually the, one of the lines that Thorne says at the end. Um, so this is Bilbo talking with Thorne. Says Bilbo knelt on one knee, filled with sorrow. Farewell, King of the Mountain. He said, "This is a bitter adventure. If it must end so, not a mountain of gold can amend it. Yet I am glad that I have shared in your perils." That has been more than any Baggins deserves. No, said Thorne. There is more in you of good than you know, child of the kindly West. Some courage and some wisdom, blended in measure. If more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. But sad or merry, I must leave it now. Farewell. That's a pretty good... Even though, like I said earlier, I wish Tolkien had done more with Thorne in the earlier parts of the novel, this scene between him and Bilbo, it really is pretty great. Like, it's a great scene of them reconciling and also... Thorn really giving some, you know, good wisdom. Like, hey, the, the moral of this story is don't value gold above everything else, right? And then he says, but sad or merry, I must leave it now, which is a pretty great line. Um, you know, it's like, a, I wish I could have done more in my life. But it's a pretty sad ending, but it's also one of the best endings, I think, for a a character in a, in a story. You got it, you got it Tanner? Yeah, Go I got ahead. it. So I'm just going to read his full quote. I am the... Wait... I am he that buries his friends alive and drowns them and draws them alive again from the water. I came from the end of a bag, but no bag went yeah. over me. Yeah. yeah, I got it right. And then obviously, I think another one of my line, favorites is from the Goods of the Good Morning. Good morning, said Bilbo, and he meant it. The sun was shining and the grass was very green. But Gandalf looked at him from under his long, bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of his shady hat. What do you mean, he said. Do you wish me a good morning, or mean that it is a good morning, whether I want it or not? Or that you feel good on this morning, or that it is a morning to be good on? And then Bill was like, uh, uh, it's all of them at once, I suppose. Like, that, that, that dialogue between Bill and Gandalf is pretty fun. And then, obviously, the opening paragraph, yeah. which I will recite from memory, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. That might so, be the best opening paragraph in literature. Remember so. whenever I said that you're a nerd? That kind of just proved it. So. <laughs> fine, just yeah, saying, fine. Just saying. I'm kidding. You're a Tolkien nerd. How about that? Here's my absolute um, uh, favorite um, uh, thing from The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So it's a bit of a big one. But... As they sang, the hobbit felt the love of beautiful things made by hands and by cunning and by magic moving through him. A fierce and a jealous love, the desire of the hearts of the dwarves. Then something tookish woke up inside of him, and he wished to go and see the great mountains and hear the pine trees and the waterfalls and explore the caves and wear a sword instead of a walking stick. He looked out of the window. The stars were out in a dark sky above the trees. He thought of the jewels of the dwarves shining in dark caverns. Suddenly, in the wood beyond the water, a flame leapt up, probably somebody lighting a wood fire. And he thought of plundering dragons settling on his quiet hill and kindling it all to flames. He shuddered, and very quickly he was playing Mr. Baggins of Bag End, Underhill, again. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I always like that when I read it as well. 
All right, let's ask some of these questions. So, guys, um, what was I going to ask? Uh, is the first chapter too boring for you guys, or does it explain all that happened? Question mark. You had to say question mark. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, answer. I don't honestly remember right now. Yeah. I read this like three I weeks love ago, it. and I do not remember if the first chapter was too boring. It's probably a good sign. It wasn't boring. It entertains <laughs> me. It entertains me every time. All right. There's enough to keep you, unlike um, a long expected party, it's like there's something to keep you moving every time. And honestly, it's a good scene in the movie too, the the first scene, the party scene. So, yeah. As well as that. Um, do you like that every chapter is a short story? Of course. It keeps you entertained. Yeah, I just love how like it feels like I finish a chapter and then I can stop for the night and go to sleep and not need to read anything yeah. else. Like I could just pick up at a random chapter in The Hobbit, pick it up, read it, and then go to bed and be like, okay, I read a decent sized book today. It's, like, this is what TV should be. It has a end game in mind, and yet there are some fun adventures along the way. It's kind of what the first season of Mandalorian or should have been it's what the mandalorian should be in its in its structure this is why i I don't like a lot of tv shows anyway it's just it it has a bunch of stories along the side it has an end game in mind that's that's what i really like about it unlike lost in space i'm watching that on netflix right now let me just tell you i like every episode i i get to the end and every episode they come up with a way to get off of the planet and every episode it doesn't work (laughs) yeah all right, guys. Did Tolkien create darkness in a cave? Well, is this the epitome of dark in literature? Wait, what? That's I'm what I said. That what? This is this is this is when I, we're talking about apparently riddles in the dark. That chapter. Did Tolkien create darkness in a cave? Well, is this the epitome of dark in literature? I honestly have no um, clue how to answer that question. <laughs> we we kind of talked about it. You liked the riddles in the dark, and we talked about how it, Tolkien was pretty good at like drawing a cave or. Creating oh. a scene that's like, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about now. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. All right, guys. Besides Thorin, who has a or which dwarf has a defining characteristic? Honestly, uh, I'm trying to remember all the dwarfs' names besides Feely and Keely. I'd say Balin. He's old and wise. Like he has, like, yeah. He's just like the wise yeah. dwarf. He's like what dwarves should be. Like in other, in non-Tolkien books like he's just a dwarf yeah, he is he's probably the most well-drawn of all the other dwarves old and well-defined yes um do you like that bilbo revealed the ring in the book a bit more than in the movie because it was how tolkien wrote it yeah i think well i think the book it, it, i think the question is asking like in this in this book bilbo like reveals that he has a magic ring and tells them that he's going to use it and things like that do you guys like that he revealed it a bit more than he did in the movie? Yeah, because it's how Tolkien meant it to yeah. be. Like, I'm a strict Tolkien nerd. Yeah, it's just... All right, guys, here's a good question. Like, that is the way it should... That's the way it should be. Do you like how Tolkien builds up Bilbo until he almost becomes more credible than the dwarves? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't? He's like, just turns in... He just turns into a beast. Like, that's all here's he does. Thing, at the very end, though, it becomes a little bit obnoxious because, honestly, after... After Barrel's out of Bond, Bilbo just becomes like the the leader of the company, and Tolkien acknowledges this in the book as well. And at mm. the very end, they're like whining and throwing their, you know, like they're kneeling before Bilbo, like, help us, Master Bilbo, give us a plan. 
Jesus. Like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> all the way buy that. I don't all the way buy it at all. I like how he becomes more and more like the hero of the company, but that that's a bit too much for me. So, so that is Smog probably the best literary dragon. Of course, I'm trying to think of other He's ones right good. now. Yeah, no, no dragon of Harry Potter Actually, compares. No. No, there's not. I have to pull it up. It's another Tolkien book. Actually, no. I'd have to say Smog is because he talks. So yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and he like no, he's no, no. Good. He's he's a he's a pretty fun dragon. When and we hear him talk. In the Silmarillion, there is a better dragon. There is a dragon that literally took out like an entire legion of elves. Like you just gotta like all, all that dragons gotta all any dragons gotta do to do that is just like blow fire on them. And they all die. Yeah. No, but like literally, like as straight after coming out of uh, Morgoth's um, uh, palace in Mordor, like it's just legit. Interesting. Didn't this dragon though take out that whole city there or whatever? Smell. Uh, yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, and a full mountain full of dwarfs. He can't. Smaug is the chiefest and greatest of calamities, according to Bilbo. <laughs> All right, I got one more question for my old thing for you guys, and we'll wrap up here. Um, so Bard the Bowman in the book. Do you like you like what him better man. in the movie or the book? Book. Like is he's more respectable in the mm-hmm. book. Hey, what? T- explain. Like in the movie, he's just this like he's mistrusting and uh, feels a little bit off. That's all I have. Like he's just I don't yeah. know. I don't. It it feels like you're not supposed to trust him until he finally kills the dragon, and then once he gets up to the dwarves up at the mountain, he definitely does not respond how he did in the actual yeah. in the book. Mm-hmm. Like he respond, if I'm remembering correctly, I haven't seen it for a few months, but um, uh, he basically just kind of like says, "Give us your gold, or we will burn you out." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that is not what he said. I want to kind of defend the movie bard. Number one, he's he's played by Luke Evans, who is an absolute man. But also, I think they okay, used to I agree. the book like in the book, he, Bard is described as being grim but true. And I think to a certain degree, Bard is that in uh, in the book or in the movie. I'm sorry. And then also at the very end in the book, you're right. He ma- it makes more sense his argument for the gold. But I think he still is kind of played true in the movie. But mm-hmm. I, I do like him better in the book. He seems more respectable and honorable. Um, yeah. So. Anything to add, Isaiah, on that? No. Yet? Okay. All right. Any last thoughts on the Hobbit, yo? Before we do some don't shout outs. Did he just say Hobbit, yo? Yeah, I did say Hobbit, yo. I don't know why. Why? Um, okay. Um, how many? In, how though. many? Yeah, it is. I know it is. How many dwarves <laughs> out of um twelve would you give the Hobbit, Isaiah? I'll give it like a good ten. Ten. Solid. Ten or be you? Yeah, I'm gonna go for like an eleven. 11 or yeah, I'll 10. Go with, I'll go with 10 or 11. Definitely one of my favorite books of all time, but it's just not perfect, so I can't give it 12. But, yeah, very high up there. All right, guys, I'll give you a donor, um, and then you guys have to guess, say which dwarf you think they are. So oh, we're going with the obvious one. Just open up to the beginning or whatever. Tanner could probably name them all off his head. but I'm going to try. Oh, yeah. Tanner, where would someone go if they wanted a donor shout-out? They would go to patreon.com forward slash bookinit and uh, subscribe to any of our $5 and up tiers. That's correct. Oh, also, I should probably mention, with, um, in terms of money, we reached our patron goal, um, and we're going to read the green ember, thanks to Isaiah's sister, Becky. 
Yep. Um, did you add her on? I need to add Becky onto this. They were probably listening. should, yeah. Um, but she, so we're probably not gonna have t- an, enough time to do it this semester. So probably have to be next semester, but it will happen. Yeah. Matthew is once again unhappy about it, but we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and his so. <laughs> words were going to be reading a stupid bunny book. Yeah, if any of you remember the um, bunny incident that yes, yes, wrecked true. the entire yeah. world. Yeah, and if all our patrons know what Tanner's talking about, because or $10 and above patrons do at least. Um, all oh, right. yeah. Let's <laughs> start off with some donors. Isaiah, Nana. Um. So you said we got to do a dwarf, right? Yes. All right, we're just going with Ori. Okay, and Tanner, Pimpy, and Wayla. Keely. Okay, Isaiah, your grandparents, Mike and Sylvia. Uh, Philly. Philly. However you say the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. Tanner, Mr. and Mrs. Ryatsky, Isaiah's parents, Mr. Mike and Miss Laura. Ballin'. All right, Isaiah, your Uncle Sebi. Uh, Biffer. Ooh, Biffer. I like him in the movie. He's a good Biffer. Dude, I don't remember uh, him, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't honestly don't know either. Uh, and then Tanner uh, says, aunt and uncle, Jenny and Sam. It seems only appropriate to say Bofer. Isaiah, your cousin Moses. Bomber. <laughs> okay. Not targeted at all. Uh, <laughs> Tanner, Zara. Um, uh, Let's go with... Uh, ooh, this is getting hard now. Um, uh, I know, right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the ones we did. I refuse to look at it. I need to know this. Could just look it up. I'm looking at. I'm looking at it now. It feels like cheating, though. I forget about like Oin and Gloin. And, oh yeah, Oin. You know, Dory Oin. Yeah, I knew there was a G that I was missing. Let's go with Gloin. All right. Uh, Isaiah, Anna. Uh, Dory. Dory. Okay. Uh, Tanner, Emily. Oin. Okay, and then last but not least, Isaiah, your sister Becky. Dwellin. Hi guys, thank you so much for donating to all of our patrons, and if you want to donate, go to the link that Tanner said, it's in the description, we'd really appreciate your help, and obviously make sure to leave us a 5 star rating and review, because we are that good at podcasting, and we'll see you next time with, I think it's Out of the Silent Planet, I think it's like the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy. Oh yes. Um, which will be, it'll be at the very least interesting to talk about, Tanner. and me and Tanner could probably go on for a long time about that as well. Um, but until then, keep on booking it.